0: In fact, if you're sitting there saying, oh, I would never give in to sunk cost theory, I'm too smart to be caught with motivated cognition operating, and I would always be highly aware of selective perception, your optimism bias is firmly in play.
1: From Money Fit by DRS, it's the Money Fit Podcast, the show about financial education opportunities all around us and practical financial tips right in front of us. Today on The Money Show, we finish up our final episode with the BBB's Dale Dixon talking about how we fall for scams even when they're so obvious to everyone else. The final human bias we discuss today is the optimism bias. I knew Dale Dixon as a TV professional long before he and I met almost 10 years ago. I have found him to be one of the nicest and down-to-earth guys you could ever meet. We've stayed in touch over the years in professional circles and am happy that he continues to be a wonderful asset to our Southwest Idaho communities. It's my pleasure to welcome back today's guest, Dale Dixon, Chief Innovations Officer at the Better Business Bureau, Great West and Pacific. Thanks, Dale, for joining me today.
0: Todd, that's very kind thank you it's true hey, and great knowing you
1: yeah uh, so well hopefully not the last right <laughs> no not at all hey uh, you know that I'm gonna start with an, uh, an opening question for you did <laughs> I think we I might know the answer but did you always want to be a chief innovations officer maybe I don't know the answer to that because it's uh, there might be some nuances there uh, the answer
0: no I didn't even I didn't even know about it uh-huh. uh, and it It happened through um, a course of mergers. I was a CEO and we merged to become a really large organization. And in the process, I had an opportunity to basically write my own job description. And I knew what I loved doing, coming up with new things, adding value, working um, closely with small business and started doing some research and and found this rather new, obscure job title that was chief innovation officer there weren't many of them around and i thought "Ooh, i like that mm-hmm. i'm at the very leading edge of that um well it's called you know the adoption curve anybody who knows you've got innovators early adopters you've got the majority of the population that adopts something new and then you've got laggards mm-hmm. and i'm at the innovator stage if i can get my hands on something new that nobody else has
1: I love that idea. Oh, that sounds like not good.
0: always the best place to be. I fully know that gives a lot of people anxiety attacks <laughs> be, when I pull up with some new toy gadget <laughs> that is not tested. Um, but I love to be the one that tests.
1: I could imagine a lot of people would love to be in that position too. I
0: I know it makes our technology people really anxious. <laughs> I, hey, I found something I can test, and before I know it, um, I've I've got things that are broken that need fixing. So anyway, awesome. that's, that's how I got into it. That's why I love it. Love it.
1: Awesome. Dale, uh, in, in the previous two episodes of this podcast, you and I have spoken about three of the four biases that we have as humans that, that make us very susceptible to scammers. Uh, and just as a recap, uh, could you just go over those first three, what they are or, or the name of them, and a very brief recap of them. And then I want to get into this uh, this fourth one, because uh, I know that I've got a lot of listeners that are tuning in for this just, just to check it out.
0: Absolutely. So it it starts with people call BBB or ask me to speak, or we we meet at a dinner party, talk about the latest scam. I share the, the scam and people will naturally say, how could anybody fall for that? Right. I went looking for the answer, a scientific research-based answer and came up with these four human biases. It starts with sunk cost theory. So that's a term from economics, which basically says when we put money down, when we pay money for something, Mm -hmm. we want either our money back or we want to see a return on that investment. And when we can't get our money back, it gets us really intent on getting a return for the investment. So the lottery scam always starts with 20 bucks, pay us 20 bucks, you'll win 2 million. And and it goes from there. And it starts with Mm sunk cost theory. So it's that little bit in with the idea you're going to get a lot back. That's the hook. Mm -hmm. So that's just setting the hook. It's like bait. Next. with a little bait on it. Yep. And next comes motivated cognition. And this is something that's happening subconsciously, unconsciously, where we will process information that comes in to fit a conclusion that we want. So I want a specific conclusion. I have a specific ideology, a belief. I will only accept information that will build that up or that supports that uh, that belief. So if I've been told that I'm winning something, that I can protect somebody, it's something that I want. I'm going to process the information to support that motivated cognition. Mm-hmm. Next on the list is that we talked about in the most recent episode is selective perception. And that's where we just, we block out information that does not agree with or causes, it does not agree with us or causes any kind of um, negative emotion in us. Mm-hmm. So, or discomfort, anything that causes discomfort, we're going to avoid. So that's called selective perception, and we see it every single time. and that leads us to the fourth, which is optimism bias.
1: Optimism sounds like a positive thing.
0: um it is it It makes it possible for us to get up and ignore the statistics on car crashes, get in our car, um mm-hmm. drive to work in the morning. all those are optimism bias. In fact, if you're sitting there, saying, oh, I would never give in to sunk cost theory. I'm too smart to be caught with motivated cognition operating. And I would always be highly aware of selective perception. I will Mm -hmm. tell you that your optimism bias is firmly in play.
1: (laughs) And not necessarily a good way.
0: (laughs) No, but that's your optimism bias. If if you're sitting there saying, I'll never fall for a scam, that's your optimism bias. And the the process here is that scam artists or anybody looking to take advantage of us knows these human conditions. I said it in the first podcast that we update the firmware on our phones constantly, on our computers mm-hmm. constantly, but this computer that's running between our ears has never, ever had a firmware update. Mm-hmm. And these are the things that are They're researched, they're known in scientific circles, sunk cost theory, motivated cognition, selective perception, now optimism bias. These are all things that are working in the background all the time. So a scam artist learns the psychology of this and where human beings are weak and susceptible in these areas, and they will be relentless in pushing through and finding the weak place in our mental armor in these areas
1: and and these are it so
0: optimism bias yeah, you say
1: you say these are human biases these are not biases of the uneducated or, or ignorant or or any other disadvantage or anything if this is just part of being human and so trying to dismiss it as uh, that's not me that's that's not how it works
0: in fact to that point todd i would make an now this is not a scientific but this is a theory that the mm-hmm. more educated you are, the more susceptible you might be to some of these scams, just because you think, I'm smart enough. I have a PhD, master's degree. I'm too smart to fall for these scams. Mm-hmm. And I
1: would imagine you may have met, I've, I've met and have read of people who have the PhD, who have even been in personal finance or economics industries and still will, will end up a victim of these scams. Absolutely,
0: and so have I. And and, so, and and that's where the optimism bias really comes in is it's this cognitive bias that causes a person. And I know the reason I'm talking about this, I'm not, This is none of this is pointing fingers because I, in studying this, I was able to point fingers in my own life where, oh man, I was susceptible. I just suffered mm-hmm. sunk cost theory. I, I just realized that I've got motivated cognition in this area, that my selective perception, We you know, we talked about diet and exercise in the last mm-hmm. episode, that that's where my selective perception is, is working against me. And when we realize these things, we open our eyes to them. And, and so this idea of optimism bias is simply, we believe that we're less
1: at risk of experiencing a negative event compared to others. Now, in the previous episode, you mentioned something that that made me think of a, a podcast, a Hidden Brain podcast I listened to earlier, about how powerful habits are. Not just being aware of something, we are we are you and I today are um, promoting awareness of these these biases, but awareness doesn't trump habits. So, what are some of the habits that? We can start, should we start developing them now? Should we wait until we are contacted? I mean, What are some of the things we should be doing to avoid becoming victims of these scams?
0: So the habits that I practice, um, just to put, I'm going to say, put a hedge around me is Mm -hmm. I don't answer a phone or respond to a text or an email if I don't know who's trying to make contact with me. Um, If it's important, they're going to leave a message. And mm-hmm. I really work to be aware of, of these biases. If I'm shopping and I am looking for something specific and I find a really good deal
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, that I have trained myself, I've made a habit to run away from really, really good deals. <laughs> um, because, okay,
1: you're gonna have to explain that.
0: Yep, one. Um, because when you're, you know, and I think, so I'm a motorcycle guy. And a car guy, mm-hmm. and so I've spent, I've spent just a little bit of time on Craigslist looking at motorcycles and looking at cars. And anybody who has knows that they have seen that late model car for 1500 dollars. Right, right. Way, and that's that's the kind of deal I'm talking about. It's just unexplainably cheap. Too good to be true. Too good to be true, and the. Oh, wow. Maybe, you know, maybe they really are selling it for that much. I, all of a sudden biases start to get triggered. I've made it a habit that I won't, you know, just keep on scrolling. That's a scam. Mm-hmm. Keep on scrolling. I'm not even interested. And that's number one is just to not allow the door to be opened with a phone call, with a text, with a, with a social media post, None of those doors. I'm not gonna allow the scam artist the opportunity to start working my psychology against me. So mm-hmm. that's habit number one. The the second habit, and we talked about this last time, is research that I want to be well researched in every area of my life, especially and it starts with the habit of researching when I'm making any purchase, when I am buying a product or a service. So I'm going to do my research, my due diligence before I spend money. I will not spend money until I've invested the time to do the research, to think about it. Well, if I'm contacted and told, and I have a habit of research, and I'm contacted and told that I have a family member um, who is in prison, in need of help, in a hospital, um, rather than react to that, Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference between reacting and responding. So this habit of I'm creating a habit of responding. So my response mm-hmm. is going to be, I'm going to research and find out. Right. And you'll think, well, wait a minute. You, you've just been told a family member is in prison or in the hospital. Well, then they're getting care or they're behind bars. Nothing's going <laughs> to change for me to take five minutes to research this. And research in this case is I'm going to hang up the phone. And I'm going to call some other family members. Hey, is Joe, is cousin Bob, are they traveling out of country? Is there a chance they've been in an accident? Well, no, he's sitting here right beside me. Oh, well, I just took 30 seconds to calmly research so that I can know I was just contacted by a scam artist. Now, habit number one goat comes back into play that I'm looking to close every door possible and not allow Mm -hmm. contact. So I'm not going to call the person back and say, you're trying to scam me. Oh, that doesn't want to provide you some closure though, right? I know. Human nature says you want closure on this. That's exactly right, Todd. But it's, I'm not
1: going to let that happen because I've set these habits in place. Right. Uh, Dale, thanks for this great information on the, on the different biases that we're dealing with on a regular basis whether it's you know, the, the well-known scams like the lottery, whether Jamaican lottery, Canadian lottery, or the Nigerian prince, whatever it might be, the grandparent scam. I would, I would love it if you could share um, one practical bit of advice, recommendation for our listeners that would be beneficial to them to avoid this uh, beyond what you, maybe you've already shared today. The
0: one piece of advice that I want to illustrate with a quick story is realize that the scam artist just needs to find you in the right time under the right circumstances. So mm-hmm. um, I, we've done a lot of uh, media interviews and I was in a radio station with the head of the news department and he said, I can't believe it. My wife fell victim to a scam. I said, tell me the story. She was at home with their small child. The child was Mm -hmm. on her hip crying. She was racing to get out the door at eight o'clock in the morning. He was on a business trip. He was out of town. She got a phone Mm -hmm. call. This is your bank. We've noticed some activity in your account, suspicious activity in your account. We need to confirm that the card is in your name. They caught Mm -hmm. her at the right time under the right circumstances. She was racing to get out of the house, crying baby on her hip and a husband out of town, most likely creating some of those suspicious charges on the card. She read mm-hmm. off the credit card number. And she gave the three digits off the back. And mm-hmm. I think she even gave her social security number, hung up the phone, and it just completely sunk in what had happened, that a bank right. would never, ever do that. And that she had just fallen victim to a scam.
1: In a stressful scenario. Stressful
0: scenario. So it's the fact that we will at some point be at the right time under the right circumstances from the scam artist's perspective to fall victim. And when we are aware of our biases on how we handle these situations, we have habits in place that I don't answer the phone. If it's a phone number I don't recognize, they can leave a message, I'll call back. All those things that we've talked about over these episodes will start to gel together to protect us and put a barrier up And you add to that a level of healthy skepticism um, on this stuff. And we will keep our money in our pockets to spend on and save
1: with much more worthwhile activities. Love it. Love it. Uh, Dale, thank you. I appreciate that. Where can my listeners find you online?
0: So they can find me specifically through LinkedIn. Uh, It'd be probably the easiest way to find me. And then our website, bbb.org.
1: Excellent. Thank you again. I appreciate the information you've shared with us, the work you've done on this and, the, and the, the service that you provide to Better Business Bureau businesses and the communities. To my listeners, thank you for joining us today. Please do check out our podcast archives at moneyfit.org slash podcast. Until next time, please stay money fit and stay well. And thank you again, Dale.